I want to speak to you for a few moments today on this topic, first things first. Would you say that with me? First things first. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love, for the opportunity to gather together, God, and to share your word. There's so many places that have to hide to do that, would be put to death if they were discovered. Help us, God, never to forget how blessed we are. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say it one more time. First things first. So have you ever thought about how there is a sequence to things? It's a sequence in life, right? You know, you have to learn how to crawl before you walk, how to walk before you run and you have to do first things first the tech booth back there there's a procedure that you have to go through to get that screen to come on and show and if you don't get that right you just can't go back there and flip on the computer as a matter of fact if you flip the computer on it's not going to work you have to turn a switch on on the wall first then you have to turn a switch on on a box and then you have to turn on the computer and if you don't do it in that order nothing and there have been several times that I got a big nothing and I had to remember oh wait a minute first things first it's kind of like cooking you know when you cook you've got to do first things first right you you when you're cooking fish you take the fish and you roll it in cornmeal first and then dip it in egg and then throw it in the fire, fryer, fryer, right? <laughs> right? No, you have to dip it in the egg first, then in the cornmeal, then in the... There's just a sequence to things. And I've, I've learned that if when you get that wrong, it ends up costing you. Here, a while back, I had a plumbing problem, and um, pipes weren't draining, and I thought, I'll take care of this. Debbie said, you probably ought to call the plumber. <laughs> I got this. So I went and got the snake that I had and ran it down the pipe, and it wouldn't come out. I'm not whipped. I'm not defeated. I went and bought another snake. The snake I bought was 50 feet long. Ran that baby down, turned it on. Nothing. I went and called the plumber and figured out, and the plumber got out a 50-foot snake, and I said, that's not enough. And he said, no, I think it'll be enough. Nothing. He had to go get the 100-foot snake. And after 100 feet went down there, I started getting nervous and thought, just how far down are we going to have to dig before we get this drained? And it finally drained. But my point is this, is I could have saved myself a lot of heartache, a lot of headache, and a lot of money if I just called the plumber first. Everybody say, call the man. And so we end up because we, we want to do things on our own. We want to, I can take care of it. I can do it. And, and we end up costing ourselves more because we get out of sequence what we ought to be following. I thought about the scripture in Exodus chapter 22. If you would go there with me, 
chapter 22 and verse 29, you shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce. Everybody say first. This is known as first fruit. The first of your ripe produce and your juices. The f now here's one. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. Likewise, you shall do with your oxen and your sheep. Everybody say, first things first. So here's the law, and the law is saying the first of all your harvest, you bring that to the Lord. The first, not, not the second part of it, not later in the harvest season, but bring me the first part of it. But it goes beyond that, and it goes your son, your first son, you shall bring to me. As a matter of fact, now, they, they brought the first harvest to the Lord, the first fruit. They brought the first cattle and, they would, and the oxen and the firstborn of everything. And that was offered as a burnt sacrifice. But the son, you had to redeem the son with a lamb, but you were still giving him. How many of you have said, Lord, I give you my children? Only to pick them up later. Only to reach back and... And see, when you give something to God, you need to leave it there. Everybody say, give it to God. First things first. Okay, so, but here's the thing is that we see this, we call it first fruits, and we see this and we say, oh, that was part of the law. Well, it's true, it was part of the law, but first fruit didn't come in the law. First fruit isn't about the law, it's about the heart. Everybody say the heart. Now go with me to Genesis, the fourth chapter, and watch this. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Watch the language. He brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat and the Lord respected Abel and his offering but he did not respect Cain and his offering my question is why why does God respect Abel's offering and not Cain's offering I've heard people say well it was because Cain offered a, I mean that Abel offered a lamb and Cain didn't but you just saw me read in Scripture where God accepted the fruit of the ground. But what part of the fruit of the ground? The first fruit of the ground. The Bible said that Cain gave an of the fruit of the ground. Not the first fruit. He just gave some of the fruit of the ground. But Abel gave the firstlings of his flock. In other words, he put God first. Now check this out with me because there's no law right now. Are you with me? No law has been written. So why is Abel giving God the first of his lambs? It's a response from his heart. It's about what Abel is thinking of. It's about what his mind focuses on. And he's putting God first. God doesn't want to be an afterthought. He doesn't want to be number two in your life. He wants to be number one. First 
fruit. Let me take it further than this. Let's look at tithe for a second. Everybody knows tithe means tenth, right? But where did tithe come from? Did tithe come under the law? You remember a man by the name of Abraham? A man that existed before the law was ever written. And the first time tithe ever shows up in Scripture is Abraham giving tithe to Melchizedek. Now watch this. Who is Melchizedek? The Scripture said that he's a unique individual, that he has no mother and he has no father, and that he remains a priest forever. And when it talked about Jesus, it said that Jesus is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So delve with me into Scripture for a moment and look at Sodom and Gomorrah and what's going on. Lot has been carried captive away. Kings of Sodom and Gomorrah have been carried captive away. These kings have come in and conquered them. Abraham goes after Lot. And when he goes after Lot, he rescues not only Lot, but the rest of the people are rescued. And this Bible said that the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah came to Abraham, and this is what they said. Give us, can I put it in plain English? Give us the people, and we'll give you the stuff. Now, who do you think the king of Sodom and Gomorrah is a type and shadow of? Satan. Watch what he says to Abraham. Give me the people, and I'll give you the stuff. What did Satan say to Jesus? Give me your relationship. Worship me, and I'll give you all this stuff. And Jesus rebuked him. Now, who do you think Melchizedek is a type and shadow of? And so what Abraham is doing is Abraham is responding from his heart. And before it's ever in the law, Abraham gives tithe. He's giving his first fruit. He's giving that that he had received of the Lord. Now, stay here with me just a second. Because, see, I believe that the principle of first fruit that's in the law and tithe that people say is a part of the law, I believe that the only reason that it was incorporated in the law is because when God saw them respond the way they did, it so moved him. He said, man, I, I, I want everybody to do that. I want everybody to make me first in their life. Everybody say, first things first. Well, and let me hang out here just a second. I want to move on to this. But I thought about this. I said, why, why is this showing up in giving? Why, why, why is the Lord putting this in giving? Because we know that tithe isn't about the law. It's about a response from the heart. We know that tithing didn't come under the law. It came as a response from the heart. We know that Jesus said when it came to tithing, he said, these things you ought to do, but don't forget about love and mercy and justice. Don't forget about those things. So we get that, but why is it connected to my pocketbook? Because wherever your treasure is, 
that's where your heart will be also. Think about it. If I put God, if God is my first treasure, it'll always show up that way. They say, well, pastor, how, how would you do first fruit with tithe? How, how, how does that work out? Because tithe's a tenth. No, no, it's not about the tenth. It's about keeping him first. So let me explain this to you, and I want to move on. When, how, how do I make tithe first fruit? Well, let me ask a question. When you get paid, what's the first thing you do? What's the first check you write? See, I leave for your consideration, it's not about the tenth. It's about keeping them first. So if when you get paid, if you say, oh, I need to pay my electric bill, I need to pay my gas bill, I need to pay my grocery bill, oh, and I, I want to make sure I get tithe in here, you may have given a tenth, but you didn't keep him first. He's got to be first in your mind and in your heart. So when we traveled and we would get paid, the first check that was ever written while we were on the car coming home, Debbie would get out the checkbook and she would write tithe because it was our way of letting God know you're first in my heart, you're first in my mind, and you're first in my life. First things first. Now watch this. Look at Proverbs 3 and 6. This is in the, the Living Bible. In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Everybody say, if I put him first, he's going to give me direction. How many of you have ever seen someone that's just going to do it their way? I never forget Debbie's dad, you know, he, she, he, before they, he and uh, her mother ever married, he was out in California. And he was in California, and all her brothers had this car broke down and pulled apart, and they were trying to put it back together and all that. And he, th her dad was just standing over there looking and just watching, you know, and, and looking at him do all that. And then a few years later, they moved to Missouri. They got married. They moved to Missouri. And he, a guy came in, and he said, hey, can you switch this engine out for me and put it in this other car? And her dad said, yeah, I'll do that for you. And her mom was there. <laughs> And she looks at him and said, what, why are you telling him that? You don't know how to do that. Why are you telling that? Well, he didn't say anything to her. He just went out in the garage and he pulled that engine out of that car and put it in a different engine in it. And all of a sudden, her mom is amazed. Said, well, I don't understand. When my brothers were trying to put that together, you just stood there acting like you didn't know anything. His response was, I wasn't going to get involved in that mess. They had that thing scattered out all over the park. So this is what I'm saying. God will let you do it. If you want to, uh, but you don't have to. Uh, you can say, God, I need you to take care of this. Put God first. Everybody say, first things first. Listen to David's words in Psalm 16 and 5. This is in the message. My choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that powerful? I mean, it's not that, you know, well, I, I choose God. We get that, right? Well, who, you know, you got to be dumb not to choose God. You, you know, I choose God. But to think that God chose me because it wasn't like I had a lot to offer. 
it wasn't like I had it all together. See, God didn't choose me because of my ability. He chose me because he loved me. I didn't choose God because I was in a mess and I needed to get out of it. I chose him because I fell in love with him. Put him first. Think about this. When I proposed to Debbie, I walked up to her and I said, Honey, would you marry me? You're the fourth person I've asked. Can I really hope you say yes? <laughs> she would have looked at me and said, What? What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? See, this is what I'm saying. God can't be an afterthought. God has to be first in your life. I had a guy I was working with one time, and he came to me. He said, Rick, he said, he, 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 <laughs> I found out he got, I'm not laughing about what happened to him. I'm just laughing about what he said to him. He, he, got, he had his fourth DWI. Everybody say Four. His fourth DWI, and this is what he said to me. He came up to me, and he said, Rick, he said, I just gave it to God. It was the only thing I knew to do. I looked at him. I said, do you ever think about giving that to God like three DWIs ago? Yeah, we, we, we come to God when we're in a mess. Abel wasn't in a mess. Melchizedek was not in a mess. What they did was not a response of fear or I've got to have help. It was a response of the heart. They looked at God and said, I am so in love with you. I, I've got to do something. I've got to respond. And so they put God first. In Matthew 6 and 31, listen to this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek, what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added to you. One translation said it this way. So don't worry about at all about having enough food and clothing why be like the heathen for they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them but your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need them and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to everybody say first place now let's be honest with each other how many times have we found ourselves in a situation where all of a sudden we got a little desperate and our thoughts started focusing on our needs instead of on him? You know, I traveled for over 21 years as an evangelist. There was no paycheck if there was no revival. I didn't work for an organization. I didn't call people to ask and see if I could come and preach. Prior to going on the field, I had a talk with God, and I said, God, I believe that your word said that your gift will make room for itself. So if I ever get to the place that I've got to call and ask somebody, can I come and preach for you? Then I'm now this is just a personal thing. Don't anybody get offended what I'm saying. Then I'm going to assume that you're done with me out here. 
and I'll, I'll, I'll move on. I'll do what else I need to do. But God, if you want me here, I believe you'll make a way. For over 21 years, he did that. But I'm going to tell you there were some times when it got a little anxious. Some times where I found myself allowing my mind to shift to my need rather than God. When all of a sudden, I'm thinking, man, I hope somebody calls. Man, I've got this bill coming due. I've got this bill coming due. I, I hope something, you know, Lord, I hope. And, and man, it'll take you down a road you do not want to go down. And I remember times in my life where I literally got in the car and I took off. And man, it was like a, a, a hurricane in my mind, a storm brewing and all this going on. And I literally stopped and I said, God, I'm sorry. I, I, I know I trust you. I, I believe you. I'm sorry. I, I, please forgive me for allowing this to happen. And I said, devil, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to rob my focus. I'm not going down this road. God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to believe you. And without fail, God always came through. That song said, he may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. We don't want to sweat. We don't want to worry. We don't want to run close. But can I tell you, a lot of times that's how faith is built. If everything happened right when you wanted it to happen, and you never had to trust God for it, you wouldn't believe God. But when your back's against the wall and you know it's God is the only way, you learn how to trust him. And when he comes through, it builds your faith and it makes you recognize that he really does know what I have need of. He really does care. In the 22nd chapter of Matthew, there's a lawyer that's trying to trap Jesus with a question. And this is the question that the lawyer asks. He says, what's the greatest commandment in the law? What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds to him. Now, we know that in the Ten Commandments it said, have no other gods, thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? But that's not what Jesus responds to. Listen to what Jesus says to him. This is in Matthew 22 and verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is first. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Everybody say the first. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, if I were to ask the question, how many of us in here love God first? I'm sure we'd all raise our hands. And I, and I believe you. But do your actions always show that you love God first? Raise your, well, never mind, I don't want to embarrass anybody because if you raise your hand, you're lying. <laughs> Our actions often are 
contradicting our statements. And so what I've got to do is I have to allow God to get in my thought process enough that the first thing I do is think of him when I'm going through something. To trust him when things aren't working out the way I want them to work out. Somebody say, put him first and trust him. You have to move forward in your faith. Faith is an action word. You don't sit back and say, well, when God does this, then I'm going to do this. No. I always told people, I said, you, you know, they say, well, if I could get enough money, then I, I, I'll do ministry. You got that reversed. Ministry never follows money. Money follows ministry. And I got an amen over there. <laughs> I said, what, what are you saying? I'm saying if in ministry... You're always chasing after somebody that can bless you, that can give you, then you're in, you're in it for the wrong reason. What you have to do is begin to minister and stay focused on what God has called you to do, and then God will cause money to come follow you. He'll take care of you. Look, I came across this guy's diary, and... and uh, he, he had made up his mind that God was first in his life and, and he was going to be faithful to follow after God and do what God had called him to do. These, these are his diary entries. I got permission because it's in a book. <laughs> Sunday morning, May 5th. This is him entering in his diary. Sunday morning, May 5th, preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday evening, May 5th, so the same day but that night, preached at St. John's. Deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday morning, May 12th, a week later, Sunday morning, May 12th, preached at St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. <laughs> Sunday night, May 12th, preached at St. George. Kicked out again. Sunday morning, May 19th, Preached at St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday night, May 19th, preached out on the street. They kicked me off the street. Sunday morning, May 26th, preached in a meadow. Chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the services. Sunday morning, June 2nd. Preached out at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday evening, June 2nd, afternoon service, preached in a pastor. 10,000 people came to hear. That was John Wesley. John Wesley made up his mind, I'm going to keep God first. 
and I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to turn around, reject it week after week after week, thrown out and told not to come back. He just found someplace else to preach until finally he showed up out in the pastor. And I can't help but think God's looking at him and say, that boy won't give up for nothing, man. He's got, he, I'll tell you one thing, he loves me more than he loves himself. He loves me more than he loves anybody else. He loves me more than he loves prestige. 10,000 people came out into that pastor to watch that man on fire. He traveled over 250,000 miles on horseback preaching the gospel. That's like traveling around the world on horseback 10 times. He put God first and he would not give up. Come on, give Jesus a hand. Clap of praise in here. So here's my question. Have you, have you ever found yourself in a tight spot? Anybody? Yep. Praise God. I'm the only one in here that's ever been in a tight spot. Anybody in here ever find yourself in, in trouble? Find yourself where you needed some help and, and you're thinking, man, I, I, I just need some help. Well, we're not the only ones. As a matter of fact, Jesus' mother found himself or found herself in a tight spot. She's at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the Bible said they ran out of wine. Now, to you, that may not be a big deal. But for them, and if you understood that culture and what was expected, you see, when you had a wedding, you invited the guests in. Usually a wedding lasted for a week. And you were required to take care of them the entire time they're there, which meant to provide food and to provide drink for them. They ran out of wine. Mary's mother, the only way she can know it is she's got to be helping in the kitchen because the people in the kitchen are the first ones that know when they run out of food. And so she calls for Jesus, and Jesus walks back into the kitchen, and this is what Mary does. She looks at him and says, they've run out of wine. And Jesus looked at her and said, well, what's that got to do with me? Actually, he said, woman. What's that got to do with me? What, what, what does that have to do with me? Only mama can get away with this kind of stuff. So she turns around. Run up here a minute. She turns around. So Jesus is looking at her and saying, well, what's that got to do with me? What concern is that of mine? I want you to understand that not only does he take care of this problem, <laughs> but this is the first miracle he ever did. And the reason he does it is because mama is believing in him. Mama has put all her trust in him. Mama has put all her focus on him. And mama said, they're out of wine. He said, well, what's that got to do with me? And she doesn't even answer that. She turned around and looked at everybody that was standing there in the kitchen and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And she walked out of the kitchen. I want you to get your mind wrapped around that. I want you to see Jesus standing in the kitchen. He just told his mom, I can't take care of this for you. It's not my time yet. I can't take care of this. And all of a sudden, she looks at everybody and says, whatever he says, do it and leaves. <laughs> That's my mama. <laughs> and so he looks at them and he says, go take these vessels and get water. Now, people... <laughs> 
there are, if I remember this right, there are I think like six vessels there, and they hold a, like 20 gallons of water apiece. That's right. Go fill these up. What? Go, go. I, I mean, he said, she said whatever he says, do it. I mean, my mind is thinking, that, you know, now filling those up are no big deal if you've got a faucet you can turn on. They got no faucet. They're going out. I don't know if you've ever drawn water from a well. It was a lot of fun as a kid when I visited my grandma to draw one bucket full. You get me out there and tell me I've got to draw 120 buckets and all the fun is over. And so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, man, I don't know that the guys did this. I'm just putting myself in their shoes. And if I'd been there and he told me to go fill these up, and I'd, I'd be looking around thinking, wait, man, is he going to turn water into wine? I mean, this, I mean, if he can turn water into wine, couldn't he put water in these pots? That's right. Couldn't he just? But see, you got to buy into it. You got to put some flesh in the game. You got to show by your actions that he's first in your life. You got to show him that you're not just saying it with your mouth, but you're doing it with your hands. And so they go out and they draw water for him. Everybody say water. And he says, now pour it out to the feast. Man, they go out and they get ready to pour out on these tables this wine, and they're thinking, my goodness, this wine. it doesn't turn into water here. I mean, it doesn't turn into wine here. It said, as they poured it out, the water became wine. And I'm thinking sometimes uh, God is asking you to do something uh, that makes no sense to you, uh, but you know in your heart uh, that he's God, uh, that he loves you, uh, and I don't care if it makes sense or not, I'm going to put God first. Uh, and all of a sudden as you put God first, uh, something happens. Uh, he's able to take uh, what seems impossible uh, and make it possible uh, when God is put, is put first in your life would you stand with me everybody say put God first are you ready for God to use you two people are ready for God to use them I said are you ready for God to use you don't worry I'm not gonna ask you to draw 120 gallons of water are you ready to quit allowing fear to dominate your life to quit allowing doubts and worries to creep in to your heart. I'm not preaching to you like somebody that's never done it. I'm preaching to you as someone that knows the torment of it and that knows that God does not respond to fear. God does not respond to worry. God does not respond to doubt. But God responds to faith. And when you put God first, and sometimes it's just this way. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I just know you're going to do it. It's easy for me to put God first in my finance. That's not hard for me. I've just seen him prove himself over and over again. But God's not just wanting my finance. God wants me. God wants you. He wants our hearts. He wants us to say, here I am, God. And whatever you say to do, I'll do it. How many of you ready to do that today?
stretch your hand to heaven. Whatever he tells me to do, I'll do it. I'm going to put him first. Say, hey, let me, let me do this just a second. I, 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 I want to do this. Hey, those of you who are watching online, look, I want you to know that God wants you to, be, to put him first. And when you do that, he's going to minister to your need. Now, I'll see you next week. Go ahead and shut us offline. I, I want to do something. I, I was studying this. And as I was studying this, I went to YouTube trying to find an illustration. You know, and I thought, what, what illustration could I use, you know, for, for this? And so I went to YouTube and I put in first things first. And a song popped up. I never heard this song before. I never heard of the group before. But the words were so powerful. And I want to, for a moment, I want to play the first part of this song for you. If you would, go ahead and hit that song. I want you to listen to the words of this song. And we're going to pray. Just watch this. All the things that I've held dear, the vanities that whispered in my ear. What would I do if they all disappeared? Riches and fame and all that they could buy I've come to find they never satisfy What would I gain if my soul's a prize? I don't wanna love what the world loves I don't wanna chase what the world does I I seek your will, not my own Surrender all my wants to you Keep the first thing first To live your truth, walk your ways Set my eyes, Lord, I'll fix my face on you All my desires reversed To keep the first thing Come on, sing it. I give it all, my life an offering. My heart is yours, so have your way in me. Your kingdom's all I want to see. I don't want to love what the world loves. No, I don't want to chase what the world does. I only want you. Thank you, Jesus. Desire to reverse, to keep the first things first. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let me ask you a question. Are you ready? 
to keep the first things first. I'm telling you, I turned that song on and I, I sat there and just my heart was so touched. I thought, I've never even heard this song. And here God deals with me about a message, first things first. I didn't even know he'd already given somebody a song that said it. I think God's trying to tell us something. I'll take care of you. I'll supply all your need according to my riches and glory if you'll seek me first. So as they sing this song, I'm going to ask you if you're here. Hey, we thank God Wayne's here. Wayne was in the hospital. God's touched him. We're believing. Come on up, Wayne. We want to pray for you. No, nope, I'm telling you right now, a hospital isn't some place you go to hang out, you know. It's not like, hey, I'm going to go to the hospital for a while and hang out there if you want to come and see me. We're always glad to get out. Thank God for doctors, but we're glad that we don't have to have them all the time, right? If you would, stretch your hands toward Wayne right now. Father, we thank you that you've touched him. God, and we just ask that you continue to strengthen him. Father, as he continues to put you first in his heart, in his mind, and in his life, you're the great physician. We give you praise Take it right all. My life in your hands. Right My heart is yours. My heart is yours. Take it all. Take it all. My life in your hands. If you're, if you're in this place today and you've got a need, I've got a God that knows how to meet that need. And all you got to do is put him first. <laughs> Oh, you got to, well, what are you talking about? Well, let me say it this way. That means rather than setting someplace and suffering, bring it to Jesus. Rather than setting and worrying, bring it to Jesus. Rather than being somewhere in fear, bring it to Jesus. Come on. Everybody say, I'm taking it to Jesus. I've watched, let me tell you something. I've watched God put gas in my car. Take it to Jesus. Well, what'd you do? Run low? I sure did. Well, that was dumb. It sure was. But God didn't. I didn't go to God to talk to him about how dumb I was. I went to God because I said, I, I need some help here. I need some help. And as I started driving, I watched the gates start going up. God knows how. He knows how. So if you've got a need, I want you to come down to the front today and let God take care of that need. Right now. Right now. Sing it. I'm just laying hands on you and coming in agreement with your faith. Yes. Everybody say, I'm going to put God first. Put God first. Now, you, you, we're not coming up here and God's not touching you just so you can go home and do what you want to do. God's touching you so you can do what he called you to do. So you can be the best that you can be for Jesus. Amen? How many of you are ready for that? Come on, give me a hand clap right now. Are you ready? Stretch your hands, step, say, God, I'm going to do it.
Becomes powerful in the hand of God. When I release myself and say, God, here I am, I give it all to you. I give it all to you. If you would have said to me back in 1991 when I went on the evangelistic field that God, I was going to end up in you know, several countries and and take hundreds of people there I'd have looked at you and I'd have smiled and I said bless your heart and thought in my mind they're out of their mind but I did do this I did tell God whatever you want whatever you ask me to do I'll do it without reservation I had no clue what he was even going to ask it didn't matter because I'd already made my mind up Whatever it is, yes. I'll do it. Would you stretch your hands with me today? I want you just to say that with me. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I'll do In it. All to Jesus message one time and it said the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing 
What was he saying? Keep Jesus first. Keep yes. Jesus first. Now, I'm going to share something with you, and I want you to hear me. When you keep Jesus first, that doesn't mean all of a sudden now you live a charmed life and you don't have trouble and you don't have trial. What it does mean is you've got a place to go with it. <laughs> and that he is faithful. He said, I'll not forget your labor of love. And he said, I'm God, I change not. So whatever it is that we have need of, he'll do. I shared with you once before, I'm going to share it, I'm going to let you go. But I, I, a season of my life where I was covered up in poison oak and preaching revivals, and I mean, the, it was driving me nuts. It was all over me. And I would go, I'd go to the church itching, you know, and you don't want to be sitting like this in a church full of people and they're looking at you. I'd get up in a pulpit and God is my witness and Debbie will testify to this. It stopped. It would all stop. No itch, no discomfort. And I watched him touch lives and heal people and save people and set people free. And then at the end of the service, I'd feel it lift. <laughs> and the itch was back. And I was thinking, God, man, I mean, come on, <laughs> you know. If you can make it go away for two hours, you can make it go away forever but sometimes God just wants to find out will you love me anyway will you praise me anyway even when it doesn't go the way you want it to and it doesn't happen the way you want it to will you look past that and keep your eyes on me and say I love you God I trust you, God, and I'm keeping you first in my life. Amen. God bless you today. We love you. Look, I believe God has great things in store this year. We're going to see things that we've never seen in our lifetime. Get ready for it by keeping God first. Amen. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise.